Blog Talk Radio. edition of Don't Let It Go Unheard, where we discuss news, politics, and sometimes culture from the perspective of Ayn Rand's philosophy. Ayn Rand's philosophy of objectivism is the philosophy that uniquely upholds the right to the pursuit of your own happiness. I still argue that, uniquely. The only one. I'm your host, Amy Peekoff, and joining me here in the studio, as usual, is cartoonist Bosch Faustin. Good evening, Bosch. Hello, everyone. And all of you who want to chime in on this evening's show, this evening's show, again, is titled, did you know this was going to happen? We pretty much knew it was going to happen, right? A Republican-controlled Congress. But I'm titling it A Republican-controlled Congress. Let's say this 12 times fast, a tongue twister. A Republican-controlled Congress, if you can do something useful with it. I like it. A little play on Benjamin Franklin. And, yeah, they're going to keep their Republican-controlled Congress for a couple of years at least. But can they do anything useful with it? I don't know. It we'll, remains we'll to be they. seen. It remains to be seen. they got to be pressured. I think if, if Ted Cruz can have enough influence, maybe. Yeah, some more backup now. He definitely Johnny Ernst, Ben Sass. Right. Um, Ratter, what's his name? Brett. Also, so that's three right there in the Senate alone, and then also you have in the House, Mia Love and some mm-hmm. others, so we'll see. You just need some passionate people who are willing to stand up and make a difference, and I think we may have yeah. some of those. They can, so, they can dominate. Only a small minority can dominate. If you do want to chime in on this topic, please call 760-888-5817. Again, that's 760-888-5817. You can also chime in in the chat room over here at Blog Talk Radio. And I see some of the usual suspects over there. I see Andrew, Craig, Debbie, John, another John. So John Roberts, John Kenny. We got Just Jean over there. I think Just Jean might be new in the chat room. Is that true, Bosch? Just Jean? Just Jean. Welcome. Where is it? Right here. Levi and Selfishness. So welcome, everyone. Someone's calling me. Welcome, Mr. Chief Justice. Oh, is it because Andrew Brannon? Brennan? No, but that's not true. There's uh, no, I don't know. I'm not the Chief Justice. So has any sound yet? <gasps> you not... guys aren't getting any sound? Can you... Uh... Uh, no, I think Debbie must be getting sound because she said hi, Amy, after I said hi to her. So, okay. John, John, John Kenny's that... not getting any sound, so maybe you guys can type to him there in the chat room. Reboot. 
John Roberts, of course, Mr. Chief Justice. Oh, uh, I am too slow today, I like and I hope the Supreme Court doesn't take it out on me by yeah, but, yeah, but not ruling the way they should on yeah, the new Obamacare. You're not supposed to welcome John Roberts. You're supposed to kick him out. <laughs> you know, and not you in the chat room. <laughs> the other guy. That rat. I mean, it was his call which made which was certified Obamacare. He says, "Not me. I'm a registered nurse." Yeah, we we, we will not blame this John Roberts. <laughs> For Obamacare Hello, and Justine. all of the uh, the new taxes and new prices. Okay, yeah, Justine is new, I think. So welcome. No sound for Justine either. Debbie, do you have sound? I need to see some sound. Sound. I'm typing into the chat room here. Do we have some sound? Hmm. Oh, okay. There's a new thing at the top of the screen over here at Blog Talk Radio, a black strip with a play button, and you have to push play there in order to get sound. So if anyone's listening to the podcast hmm. and you're going to come over, they have been changing things at Blog Talk yeah, Radio know, like crazy. So I'm sorry for those who... Sorry for those of you who just are annoying. now pushing the button. <sighs> some like said that they week. have to refresh the screen. Yeah, there's always some kind of little... But in general, Blog Talk has provided... A quality platform for me to interact with everybody sure, general, here, but last few and weeks. for people to call in and talk to me, which is important. Plus, simultaneously have a chat room. I'm liking it. In any event, please do call in if you like, and as I said, chime in here in the chat room. How many of you actually kind of gloated in any way? Did you take a moment to just say, "God, the Democrats are really suffering," or? To stare at the picture of uh, Chris, Chris Matthews. Matthews. Um, he can't, you know, he can't hide it. I mean, he's. It, it's like no, it, it's shameful because these guys. You know, Rush comes out. He's a hardcore conservative. He says it. Uh, Mark Levin says it. Right. Um, Chris Matthews will never say I'm a hardcore leftist. He would never say that, but he just told us. I mean, he shows us every night. Well, I mean, who could watch him every night? But when you know the uh, the uh, sound bites and the audio and the, and the video, he was really uh, like his world ended. And it was, yeah, it's nice to see. He's a piece of crap. I mean, he said, "I will do everything I can to help this presidency." Two thousand eight. What does that mean? Right. I mean, that's just uh, that's shameful. Unpaid mouth, mouthpiece for Obama. Definitely, definitely. And and to see them, basically people who were rooting for the destruction of the country, yeah, get a right. big fat no from the American voters. Yeah. At least a no, not yet. Yes. And no, then, we're not ready to go down that path and quite then to yet. Hear, and then to hear a Harry Reid, a piece of crap, say, American people have spoken. They want us to work together. <laughs> I mean... He got knocked out. He never leadership. worked with never, ever. Republicans. Never did. Never, ever, he, uh, ever. He tried to mute them completely. He yeah. did. Yeah. A, a power, a voice of anything in the in the Senate. He was a the senators the the Senate the Senate's dictator is what he was. Right. He and changed the, and the not, rules. And not changed, just yeah, exactly. Changed the changed rules. Changed the rules. Changed completely. the rules. He's a bad guy. He's a he's a criminal. He belongs in jail, but he happens to be the I guess I guess he'll be the minority leader. And uh, this is just un- unacceptable crap that's being said now also post-election. The, this idea, and even some Republicans say, now, you know, we can, no, no. We did not get voted in to work together with these rats who have destroyed, have, have well, helped destroy is, the country. Well, this is the thing. I don't normally listen to Rush Limbaugh, and you don't listen to him all no. that much. But on 
Wednesday. Yeah, I was curious. We tuned in at the very beginning of the show to hear what he had to say, and what he said there at the beginning of the show was perfect. Excellent. Which is that, and you know, he uses the word govern. Yeah. Well, I think he's mocking it. Yeah. He's mocking it. No, because Chris Christie, we got to govern. You know, no, you got to stop beating. Is what you got to do. And the government idea means that we keep, we have to keep moving and growing government and put. No, that's what it means. Right. Doing things. And I wrote, you know, I was like, you know, you know Chris Christie. It's not about doing things; it's about undoing things. Like he has to uneat now. You know? Right. 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 Yeah. But Limbaugh said that <laughs> these people were not elected to quote govern yep. to work with Obama and come up with new ways <sighs> to, to work screw with Obama, the American yeah. people. Right. To work with, um, to, I, I want to work with someone who's trying to destroy the country. That's going to work out, right? That's going to work out really well. Yeah. Um, and and so what did he say? He said that no, that all of these Republicans were elected to stop to stop Obama, Obama. Stop to stop Obama. Obama. And he kept saying it again and again. It was important, um, especially with, with his with his influence. Very important. Stop Obama. Stop Obama. And, and I and I believe that's right because as so many people were saying in the weeks and months leading up to the election, the Republicans were not pushing a positive agenda. No. There is one thing though that Levin pointed out, which I thought was very useful. He said that every single one of the Republicans who got who got added to the Senate, the ones who were taking the Democratic seats in the Senate, they all ran on repealing Obamacare. They all ran on that. So I would assume that even if the so-called Republican leadership, leader, Taha, with a T at the end, (laughs) Um, even if they don't have as a priority this repealing of Obamacare, I assume that all of those Republican senators and representatives who were elected because they were saying that they vowed to do everything they could to repeal Obamacare, that they're going to try to do something in order to get that done. And, uh, you know, Bishop McConnell mentioned the idea that since it's been established as a tax, well, that can be, you know, overturned with 51 votes in the Senate. And then, yeah, you know, the uh, Obama has to sign it, but, but still push it. Again and again and again. What are we going to do? It, it won't get more popular. No, it, it won't. will not. It will not. Debbie here in the chat room says, yes, I gloated and felt satisfaction. <laughs> then that was diminished yeah. when I remembered who the new guard are. Still better than the old, though. Sure. They're not as as destructive, but they're weak. And that's a problem because, I mean, and who says, you know, Mitch McConnell and Boehner are in position. They can be taken out easily. They can be voted out. Right. Why aren't they? And that's damning of the Republican Party. Because because the Republican Party accepts these idiots as their leaders. It's if they're false. Now, here's the thing, is it a done deal that McConnell is going to be well, the McConnell majority leader? McConnell was asked leader? about that and he goes, I will be leader. That's it. With his big fat marble mouth. I will be leader. Um why? How does he know? Uh because I guess he wheeling fought everybody? And, oh no wheeling and dealing for who knows how long, no doubt about it. Uh, gave this guy this, gave that guy that, a little push, a little But what pull. about the seven new members? We'll, we'll see. And that's why Cruz did not endorse him. He did not say, well, you know, he did not say, yes, he will be the guy. He, he didn't say that. Why would he? Why He shouldn't. He has proven to be nothing. He was asked today uh, or yesterday about his legacy. What do you know about Bitch McConnell's legacy? 
What has he done in 30 years? No, but what has happened in Washington that say, you know what? He did that. Nothing. Nothing. He signed on. All the crap that we've dealt with the last 30 years. No, he's been pitiful. He's nothing. He's been pitiful. He's there to sit there and enjoy uh, his lifestyle and to feel powerful and not use the power in any good sense. No. I mean, just not to, you know, him and Boehner, they have the power. They don't use it for anything good. Well, and as far as I can tell, if they have their way, they're not going to use it for anything good in the coming months. Now, I have. But again, there are more Ted Cruz types now. And that's bad for them. And uh, I said, if the GOP fought Obama the way they fight Cruz, dot, dot, dot. Right. That's you were saying. No, it's fine. So, first of all, at least, you know, at least to gloat a little bit, I love this idea that Obama put out there that all, even though he wasn't up for election this that's, fall, all of his policies were on the ballot. Talk about repudiation. Now talk about someone saying, oh, that's not a repudiation. Right, uh, it right, is, right. actually. And so I've got this he article. Said that, and, he said that. and if you want to go over to my blog at don'tletitgo.com, and I have a number of articles and links for tonight's show, this one is from the Daily Caller. White House says President Obama, quote, doesn't feel repudiated despite an election. Doesn't feel repudiated. Uh, Despite an election that saw Republicans taking control of the Senate and making gains in the House, a White House aide told the New York Times that President Obama is not taking the loss personally. From the Times story, quote, sagging in the polls and unwelcome in most competitive races across the country, Mr. Obama bristled as the last campaign that would influence his presidency played out while he sat largely on the sidelines. He privately complained that it should not be a judgment on him he doesn't feel repudiated, the aide said Tuesday night. And this is after an election cycle that saw Republicans running on an anti-Obama platform while the Democrats desperately ran from But him. also the lack of respect uh, for, the, for the vote from Obama as well. America rejected him, rejected his party, rejected yes. his policies, every single last one of them. And he comes out there and says, that didn't happen. Uh, he's just—he's he's a piece of crap. He has no respect for us. But if someone says, "Who are the new Ted Cruz type?" Uh, Roman asks, and um, from um, jo- Jody, what's her name? Joni Ernst. Joni Ernst. Um, she's ben, a, she's actually, you know, I, I saw a little thing. I think it was on Twitter. She's now that the election's over, it's her turn to go on National Guard reserve duty. She's doing her National oh, Guard wow, reserve okay. duty right I now. Thought, you know what, Isn't I was, she hardcore? I was anticipating something terrible. No, no, no. Because she's a politician now, the coast clear. Good. Good to hear. Ben Sass, um, there's at, at least, uh, what's his name? Brett. Brett, the guy who, he wrote something about Iron Rand. Dave? Dave Brett. Mm-hmm. Him, Ben Sass, uh, Joni Ernst, and there was another one. I forgot his name. But there's a few. A few that have always come off as the Tea Party type. Is it Tully or? I'm not sure. Okay. There's someone, I believe, from North but, uh, Carolina. He's, he's got some backup. He has some. He has some allies now, and uh, they di- they didn't want that, you know, because McConnell and Boehner are here to kill the Tea Party. That's what they're here for. That's I mean, what you know, that that's what they live and breathe for. Here's the here's the question though, right? Because the whole thing is now, what do the Republicans do with this power? And yes, it was delicious to see Obama just get roundly rejected, and there were different. Articles speculating as to whether this set particular records in history for midterm elections and a president getting a repudiation of this magnitude. More members in 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 both midterms and anyone 
I, so, someone, someone projected that a few weeks ago. Okay. I think that did happen. Okay. That he lost more. That's the and that's just damning. Right. Right. For him. And I mean, he must be in another dimension. What I, what 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 I was thinking, you know, if he can have this idea that he doesn't feel repudiated and that he should just go full steam ahead with his policies and that everything's going to be peachy keen, fine and dandy for him, I would say that if we had some of what Barack Obama must be smoking, that we could almost tolerate That's living right. under his <laughs> That's right. wannabe dictatorship, you I know? Like that. It's funny. Because I mean, yeah. he he's just so out of touch with no, reality. He's, he's never been in touch, you know. I mean, he lied his way to power. He lied his way to, you know. This is this is his this is his op, the way he operates. Denies reality. Denies what he is and and even what he's doing sometimes. But uh, it's good to see. And then of course, you know, you wake up and you see it's Bitch McConnell and John Boehner as the leaders, <laughs> and then you say, oh. Oh, okay. Well, here's here's McConnell. Go- Gobbler McConnell. Gobbler McConnell, is that what we call De- him? Debbie Wright. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. You know, he, he he's like a chicken. I mean, here's the thing. This is what we possibly have done. Well, there's, there's a couple things. One thing is that I'm heartened because I believe this is evidence that the American sense of life John called gobbler, is alive and well. Yes, yes. There's... Um, yeah, there is a repudiation there. Americans they're, did go they're, out. They're saying, hmm, Obama is nihilistic, yes. and is, yeah. he is basically wanting to turn this country into a dictatorship or some sort of thing for him. And I think he got, I think he got the uh, Americans who foolishly voted for him, thinking he was okay, to come out this week and really in droves. I think because they want to redeem themselves somehow. They, what he's doing is not what they voted for. Now, part of his delusion is that there's a whole bunch of people who didn't vote. So yeah. he's saying, well, I'm listening to you guys, too. Yeah, he he's that. trying to yeah. imagine that they would have come out and vote for him. And why didn't but they? listen, did not even make the effort Absolutely you... Yes. I'll just say yes. jerk, jerk. But that's not yeah. strong enough for him. Piece of crap. But we want to... <laughs> Uh, but here's from Red State, and this is a piece that I think was put out, yeah, November 6th. So just a couple days after. So talk about raining on a parade. Here is Mitch McConnell. What? Yeah, I know you have a different name Mitch for him. McConnell. I know you have a different name for him. Republican majority day one, McConnell surrenders. Red State writes as the subhead, we have captured your capital and destroyed your army. We surrender. <laughs> yes, that's right. <sighs> if, uh, that's right. No, that's that's good line. It, it's awesome. Uh, it's Leon Wolf over at Red State. And he says, if you watch the respective press conferences of Barack Obama and Mitch McConnell yesterday, you would be forgiven for thinking that the Democrats had just picked up a bunch of seats in the House right. and Senate and that the Republicans had just suffered a humiliating defeat. While President Obama was defiant and borderline delusional, claiming that the American people had not repudiated him and boldly proclaiming that he still had a mandate. Uh-huh. Openly declaring he would veto everything the Republicans sent his way and act on his own, Mitch McConnell was ruling out the use of the most potent weapon in his arsenal. And what is that weapon? The weapon is the shutting down of the government or the defaulting on the national debt. He says basically, we're not going to do that. And, you know, the subtext is no matter what Obama does, yes. we're not going 
to exercise our power to stop him. And Mark Levin brought up the day after the election, but no one brought up the fact that, um, what was it? It was, um, hmm, I, I just went blank. Was it the idea that this is the power that they are supposed to be yes, exercising? Yes, I mean, sure, this is a, a recurring theme of his. Okay. The idea that, if you recall, what, last year, even months ago, uh, not, not, not months ago, last year, if they, Republicans do this, if they shut down the government, they're not gonna. We're not gonna win the the Senate. We're not gonna win right. the House. We're gonna right. lose seats. We're gonna nothing, nothing. It was a landslide. That didn't happen. And also, you know, yeah, you know Chuck and, Schumer. And is, if if, if you thing. don't pass you immigration know, people, reform, if if you actually think that there's something to this, this idea that if they actually do have a government shutdown, that it's going to hurt the Republicans. How do you make sense of that when we did have a government shutdown for a period of time, thanks been, to Ted Cruz, there were primarily? Four under Reagan, four, just for the record. Right, and uh, and pay price. Right, and so here we have a government shutdown. We had a government shutdown because of Ted Cruz, yeah. and here's the Republicans winning a landslide. So I ask you, why is it bad for them to actually exercise the only power they have to stop Obama? In the last couple of years of his second term, when he has it, nothing you know to lose at all, which means he's going to screw us over you know totally. Why? Out, I mean, I've said it before, but they don't hate Obama, McConnell, and Boehner. They don't at all. They envy him. They they love the status quo. They have more power now than they ever would have. And again, the the next person seeking the presidency, most of them, well, most of them are going to be rats, and they want what Obama has. Chris Christie. I mean, he's eating, what, two dinners right now? No, but he's he's dreaming of having the kind of power and right. more than right. Obama has right now. Right, right. He's like, my God, this guy, what he gave to us. This is how they, this is how they think. And Boehner, you know, the idea that the reason why he did that is because he doesn't want to stop Obama at all. That's that's the only logical, you know, reason. Because what other reason? It doesn't make sense. It, it's impossible. That any other reason would make sense. That's the reason because he has no intention to stop Obama. He wants to have Obama expand it and then say we will take over. You know, the presidency will have the House, then we'll have the full power, right. and we'll use it for good reasons. Though. Oh yeah, oh yeah, because they're always Our agenda the power is moral. Theirs is immoral. Being a dictator is fine so long as you're doing it for the good of the people, right? That's their idea, and so they have an idea what their good is for the people, and it's just a matter. They of have no problem with what Obama's doing. And done. you could do things a little more efficiently, so that you could cut. That's the idea. You know, point, they're more efficient. Point five percent off the budget the ad- or something. The adults in the room now. I, this is what I don't understand. And, and when I was posting about this on Facebook, there was someone who came in and said, oh, it would be horrible if they shut down the government and grow up and you have to see what people can actually realistically achieve politically. And we would, you know, we would suffer a huge price. You know, we would pay a huge price if we had a government shutdown again. Yeah. We paid no price. No. So why should I believe this? And particularly now where they just got a mandate, the Republicans have gotten a mandate, a mandate to stop Barack Obama. And the only way they can stop him is by threatening this. And if they say, well, you know, this weapon that we have, and this is what Leon was saying here in the in the red state piece, he says, we're not if we're not going to shut down the government, then basically we have no nuclear arsenal to use. 
And it is going to be a war, as far as I can tell. If Obama is as defiant as he's seeming to be in these first few days after the election, it's going to get bad. Because some people want to fight that war. Because some people want to fight that war, despite McConnell, despite Boehner. They're not leaders. They're, They're not leaders. They don't set the agenda. They don't. A guy like Cruz can and did last year, and he'll do it again. You know, he'll be the he'll be the uh, default leader. Yeah. Because he has the passion, because he has the principle. Yeah, there'll be the nominal leader and the yeah. default leader. So I, what I like here is what Leon Wolf was saying in the Red State article, and he's giving some hypotheticals. He says, "What will Mitch McConnell do if Obama declares that he will veto literally any budget that is not his own?" Which is possible because this is Barack Obama. Yeah, he has no. He he, you know. he he doesn't believe in compromising at all. No. I saw someone wrote on some of the social media earlier. By the way, you can follow me on Facebook, Amy Peacock, or Twitter, Amy Peacock. By the way, Tom Very, Tom uh, Brokenjaw but, said that what are the Republicans going to give Democrats? Meaning, yeah, what are Republicans going to give me and my party? Right. You know, Tom, the, you know, immediately yeah. there has yeah. to be some, has to be some kind of compromise. The, the Democrats never gave anything never. to the Republicans, never. but. Nothing. You know, and and this is the thing, right? This is the thing. The Democrats they enact policies according to altruism, yep. but in their political strategy, they are not altruistic no. at all. Okay. That's right. Whereas the Republicans, yes. the Republicans have <laughs> altruism, yeah, in their policies somewhat. You know, they guiltily uh, embrace cap- capitalism sometimes. But in their political strategy, they're just damn altruistic. That's right. That's and, funny. And, and so this is why I'd said on one of the social media outlets, uh, I've got the Don't Let It Go Unheard page on Facebook, too, so follow there if you can. But but I, I was saying, look, leave it to the Republican Party to convert altruism into a principle of political strategy, which is what McConnell's doing here yeah. by saying, oh, we're not going to shut down the government or default right. on the national debt. We're not going to use the one bit of political power that we have in these two years. We're, we're just going to say, no, no, no. We're not going to do our job. Yeah. We're, not, we're, not going to protect, we're not going to protect America and the American people, also, is what he's saying. We're not going to. Because in, you know they really respect and envy power, and Obama is the power right now. And they have to treat him with respect. I mean, that's it. Because I want what he wants. Instead of saying, wait, he shouldn't have what he has. He shouldn't have the power that he has. Instead of that, I want what he wants. And right now, you know, they're feeling their oats. And Mitch McConnell's out there, and he's, it's just sick to hear a guy like that with that kind of face. And I mean it. I'm sorry, but, you know, looks and all that. Look at his face. It's disgusting. I mean, he's a disgusting creature. And, you know, you know the whole lip-biting thing that politicians do? This guy, I think that's built in now. It's not even he's not even biting his lips anymore. It's just that's his mouth. You know what's going to be fun, to me anyway. You're going to have Mitch McConnell up there trying to push Obama's latest piece of garbage yeah. in the Senate. Yes. And you're going to have a Ted Cruz or other strong members Post. who will be filibustering yes. the, the thing that he brings <laughs> the up. The thing that's brought up by the Republican majority and leader. Damn him. This and they, could yeah. be. Fun to no, watch. Yes, because I mean, look, and, and, and it's going to be Ted Cruz telling the truth again and again and again, and, and again. that's what I'm counting on. You know, when I say Ted Cruz types, I, I say it because when I hear from these people, they sound it. Are they going to be? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, they could disappoint when they're in. They could, but I hope they are because he needs some backup. You know, he needs. He can't be out there alone because he's a big target, 
everyone condemns him and he's the guy. If we get a few more of them, people are going to start being influenced by it. Some Republicans who may not like Boehner or McConnell but won't say anything. It's also going to be interesting to watch the media squirm when Mia Love is yeah, out there giving right. strong speeches. I, just, I, mean, I, I guess I got a little choked up when she said, I, I was not voted in because of the color of my skin. It's just simple, but it's beautiful because that's absolutely true. That's absolutely true. And it has to be said, and I'm glad she said it, the day she won. She goes, it's about me. It's about what I told you. It's about what I want to do. It's about the country. It's about. It's not about my skin color right? or, or my sex. And... It's just, it's just, I don't know. It's, it's good to hear. You never hear that from Obama, ever. No, no. It was about his skin color for a lot of people who voted from, yeah. which is a sick, twisted thing. So, so here are the scenarios, right? You know, Obama declares he'll veto literally any budget that is not his own. So, McConnell, what is he going to do? Is he always going to pass whatever Obama wants? Uh, and he says, what if both chambers pass five or six consecutive budgets only to have them vetoed by Obama? What if he vetoes literally any debt limit extension that is not 100% clean? That's right. What will McConnell do? Will He's he turn over the mandate to the, Amer- the, the American people gave the GOP? to Obama and let him dictate policy because he's too cowardly to risk another shutdown or a default? Or will he have to come back to the American people in March and explain why he lied four months ago about yep. never doing this? So in any way that you look at it, it's just stupid for McConnell to have said bad what politics, he even. said. It's even bad politics. He's an idiot. He was feeling his oats and he's like, I'll be magnanimous. and I'll let, No, no, you don't have that right to be magnanimous to the scum who's mm-hmm. destroying the country. No. Um, you got to stop them, and they have the power to stop them. And even right now, there's a little movement. Think about this, okay? This piece of crap said, I'm not going to do anything against them. Some of Obama's guys are coming out there saying, I don't think he should uh, force immigration reform. No, but they are being more sensible than that bitch McConnell. Right. They're saying, I don't know if he should be doing this, where he's saying, I'm not going to stop him. I'm not going to. You know, I just, I hope he doesn't do this and type of thing, but... You know. Well, what about, I mean, Boehner doesn't have to put this stuff to the floor. Do you think Boehner's going to be any better than McConnell? No. No? No. I mean, Boehner went along with Cruz and that and achieved the short yeah. shutdown yeah. before. Yeah, and then condemned him after. And then said, well, that's just, you know, we, we shouldn't have done that. And it's, oh, you did go on board with him, but he threw him under the bus after. When, when it was politically convenient to do that because it was an idea that it hurt the Republicans somehow. And the media kept saying that. When when's the last time you heard that that the that the you got government shutdown hurt Republicans? When's the last time you heard that? Not for a while. Not now. for a while. And you're not going to hear it again. Because it's not true. No, it, it didn't. Did not, it did not. It but, gave them a little edge. But it gave them a little... now Boehner sees that it didn't hurt them. Do you think he's going to get no, a little? No, absolutely not. Because okay. it's it's just bad to them. It's a, it's bad politics, bad business. You know. No, but that's how they think. They're cowards. And also, you know, in, in their mind, they're like. We we got to keep this this gravy train going. We can't stop it. Well, what about this one? You know, and the big thing that they're talking about right now is this executive amnesty, which is yeah. truly disgusting. Because regardless of whether you <laughs> think we should have an open immigration policy, it is not the it. president's job to unilaterally no, change immigration law, which is what he's wanting to do. Uh, legally, he can't. And that's so, the whole point. Uh, from what I understand. Boehner, Boehner did make some sort of a threat yeah, separately, something, something, but he also sense. met with yes, Obama. He says maybe we could do something somehow. We could work it out. We could, we could do no, but he does say that if Obama 
issues executive yeah, amnesty at the White something. House, then there is going to be absolutely no chance of doing, quote, immigration reform then, with the Republicans. What okay? else is in doing? But what are they proposing, these new leaders, alleged leaders? What are they proposing to stop them? What, what are they proposing to push to defund you know well, I mean? and that's the thing. At the end of the day, they're they're not saying that they're going to defend they're anything. They're not saying anything. So listen to this. Though. So it says a senior GOP aide with the knowledge of the meeting's events said that Boehner and Majority Leader Kevin McCarthy's message on the issue was very forceful and that Obama seemed taken aback by it. The intense brushback spawned 30 minutes of Obama defending himself on the issue. It was a dominant issue in the media, this issue of amnesty, excuse me, in the meeting. A second GOP source described Boehner's message as that not only would executive amnesty erase the possibility of immigration reform, but that it would also likely poison the well for other bipartisan accomplishments. Democrats in the meeting, quote, did not react well, end quote, and the subject dominated the meeting after it was broached. Now, I would rather, if they would go in, them use this opportunity and time to address Obamacare. Yeah. But they wouldn't, and they didn't. And uh, they got to be cornered for for this. They got to be told because Boehner said he will do nothing. You know, he I won't stop until it's repealed. And McConnell said also they're on record. You give them the sound bites if you have to in in your iPhone at the press conference. Say you said this again and again. Here's an all time. Here's an, what are you gonna do about it? Put it in their face again and again. And, and when Boehner, when McConnell says. Well, since there's a tax shop, you know, when he says that, he said, well, okay, then you have to do it. Then you have to do it. You have to repeal it. Give it to Obama. Let him, let him reject it. That's fine. Do it again and again and again. And again, it won't get more popular. You can get Democrats on your side because Democrats right now are terrifying for their political lives. Terrifying of 2016 and beyond. They're like, oh, that woman issue didn't work. That didn't work. This didn't work. Right. The racist thing didn't work. Not, nothing worked this time. And it might not work next time. And Obamacare is unpopular as hell, and we lost a lot of people because of that. So we might have to get on board. No, but no, but you can. No, get and and this is this They're is vulnerable. this is where I would like to see maybe a supermajority that could actually do this. But we'll see how that goes. But he, here's the thing. So, you know, Boehner comes in and he says, "Okay, if you do executive amnesty, there's not going to be any immigration reform." And apparently, what the Democrats are saying is, well, we don't care what Boehner's threatening because he's not able to deliver on so-called immigration reform in a way that we want anyway. So they're saying, hey, the only way to do it is by executive action. So he is. He's going to sit there and dare them to impeach him. And over over here in the chat room... Someone said uh, actually he's doing it deliberately to cause a constitutional crisis in the country because that's bad for America. You mean? That's bad. And he's like, oh, is that bad for America? Okay, let's do it. No, but that's the standard of value. Is it bad for us? Okay, go. He just wants to do what he does, and he wants to keep all his toys. Also one thing. Sorry. John, uh, John Kenny over here in the chat room says, I recommend impeachment. Charge, treason, aiding, abetting, funding, arming the enemies of the United States. No, but there's yeah. so many things they could impeach him on. And the articles of impeachment will be bigger than Obamacare. I'm almost joking, but not quite. And they can and they have to, and they have. I mean, they took that off the table. They took uh, shutting down the government off the table. I mean, who does that? What party does that? A party that is dead, 
does that. A party that treats altruism, the putting of others above self, Obama, as a, a principle, putting Democrats as a, above them. Right, as a principle of, yes. of political strategy, not it's just as a principle of political so substance. Because this is the thing, again, the Democrats, they enact policies that are totally altruistic. But in their political strategy, they never, ever sacrifice themselves to the other party. Whereas, you know, the Republicans, oh, for the good of the American people, we're going to not exercise our power. So here's the the parallel that I made this week, and you guys are going to have to excuse me, but I think we get to talk about basketball this week a little bit anyway because we get a bit of a reprieve from the total march over the cliff that Obama's had us on. We get this idea that maybe... We're not going to. But here, here's the thing. LeBron, LeBron James, comes out this week, and I, I think it was this week, right? This well, is, yeah. um, days ago and then up, also. Up, yeah, up, update, update on November 4th is this article over at ESPN. And LeBron says he won't allow selfishness on his team. He's not going to allow selfishness on his team. They're, allow, they're allowing losing. That's he, right. She's fine with that. A lot of losing. You know, they're one in three. A lot of losing. A lot of losing, but no I will not allow selfishness. Right. Um, Portland, Oregon says part of the development process for any new team is having individuals willing to make sacrifices for the good of the group. When it comes to the Cleveland Cavaliers, they'll have LeBron James policing that process to make sure it occurs. Quote, I won't allow individuals to be selfish. End now, quote. Hold on a second. James is, he, said, is he the team owner? Is he the coach? He comes in there very arrogantly. The no, but he comes there very arrogantly. He does. Mm. He has two rings, fine. But he went to Miami to learn from Dwayne Wade, who was already a champion. He he went there to learn. He didn't go there to, to teach anyone there. And now he's coming here and telling. And he did this without the coach's consent. He was asked by the spoken coach. No, I didn't speak to him. I, I came out and just said it. You know, What's that about? It's It's stupid, first of all. And uh, he had 11 points the other day. He had 14 points the other day. They require him to have 28 to 30 points. If he does that, then they, then the old guys can do the thing. But if he doesn't do that, they're going to lose every single time. Right. You right. Know, so he's not doing his job. He's not. He's worried about fighting selfishness within the, the team. It's pathetic. And uh, sorry, go on. Yeah, no. So listen, listen to this. And, and this almost sounds contradictory. Uh, this is another quote from James. If I'm on the team, you automatically have to be unselfish, so I'm not worried about it. End quote. What does okay, that mean? so first of all, gonna if, fold? If, if if he thinks it's automatically going to happen, then why is he going to make it make sure it's going to happen? Then I'm gonna why? Make sure, I'm yeah, why does he it? have to talk about it if it's automatically going to happen anyway? Yeah. I mean, it was like Hobbes, you know, talking about egoism. Well, he, he thought it was automatic, so why the, the hell talk about it? And LeBron James um, is a philosopher now, also by the way. Of he's, course, he's the team of psychologist. Course. But but then that was that quote there implies that he's actually going to take the ball and do a bunch with it all the time, so that the other guys actually can't be. But he's not selfish. He's literally going on the side of the and, court. And again, selfish. Selfish in basketball just means that they're going to take the ball and put it in the it, basket. Yeah, and and actually as as needed, points score to points win to game. win games. Yeah. Right, like Jordan. Like Jordan right, did, right. but if but if but if you have the ball too much, they call worse, that though. selfish. It, it gets even worse. Though. When he speaks about, um, I don't know if you got the quote there where he says, "Is it really all about winning?" Oh yeah, that's yeah. The, that's the next article, and I do I do have links to these articles over at my blog at don'tletitgo.com. So I want to show the contrast and what kind of individual says that. Oh yeah, no, no, of course, of course. 
So LeBron says, uh, I've played a little passive. This is an article November 6th on ESPN. Yeah, And and he says he's been a little bit passive. And he says it's a fine line. He says, I've had two games where I've played a little passive and been more of a setup guy. And it's resulted in two losses. And I've had a game where I've been very aggressive and we won. Is winning the ultimate thing or us being the best team we can be as a whole or winning one game? It's something that's going on in my mind right now. I'm trying to figure it out. I definitely can't go into a game having 12 shot attempts. That's me personally. End quote. Look, um, the guy who's paying him it reads that and says, what? Is, is it about when you have to ask that question? Did Jordan ever ask that question? Does Kobe ask that question? Kobe comes from an Achilles heel injury from a bad knee. He's 36 years old, scores 39 points the other day because he had to. Right. This is what a winner does. This is what a champion does. Jordan... Whenever the game got tight, whenever it got a little out of control, he took over and won the game. And he's worried about that because I want to let them let them what? And then you got Kyrie Irving, the young guy, 22, 23 years old, scoring 34 points, 30-something points, doing what, it, what he has to do to win the game. And LeBron, he suggested things about that. Like uh, I think that's where he brought the, the assumptions. So basically, I'm going to sit back, score 11 points, not do anything. This guy has scored 30, and I will call, accuse him of being selfish. Just do your part. He'll do his part. The team will do theirs, and you can win. They're losing. They're one and three. That stinks. We're out of the gate. They have enough talent where they can win a lot of games. And miraculously, I think they're one of the few teams that isn't plagued by the injuries of yes. everybody else, right? They're, they're all healthy. Absolutely. Almost everyone in the NBA is Almost injured everyone. right it's now. Unbelievable. It's insane. It's unbelievable. Every game is like twice two guys so, dropped today. So here are these healthy guys, and they're saying, Oh no! If I possess the ball a certain amount of time, that's bad. <laughs> and, and 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 here's the parallel. But that's what he's here's, about. here's the parallel, right? Because I've spoken with people about Ted Cruz, and there's been a number of people, and I think it's this altruistic idea in their mind. They say, well, they don't like Ted Cruz because they think that when Ted Cruz is doing all of these political kind of you know taking a stand on the First Amendment right. or doing his pseudo filibuster on Obamacare or whatever else that he's doing, you know, he's treating as a, as a cause at the moment. They say, oh, it's always about Ted Cruz. It's about him and furthering his political career. And here's the thing. If Ted Cruz is the Kobe Bryant of the Republican Party and you need to give the ball to Ted Cruz in order to actually win, which means win on behalf of American people and have a chance of protecting our individual rights, then by all means, please give the ball to Ted Ted Cruz. And I I don't care if it's about Ted Cruz at that point. Um, I think Ted Cruz would be more than happy to have other people take the ball as and when they're ready. But don't give the ball to Mitch McConnell. No, because he'll gobble it. He'll gobble it up. Blah, 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 blah. That's what we'll do. But this is just sick stuff. I mean, for, for and you know what? It's just, to me, it's sad that this is the superstar of the NBA today. This is what passes for that. A guy like this, a guy is this really fragile, mentally fragile, to even talk about this with the media. They'll talk to, he, took, you know, he also he spoke about his team, bad habits. He's talking to the media. Talk to the individuals on your team, idiot. Talk to them directly, personally. Said, look, maybe build some bad habits. Here are some good ones that I've been doing that work for me. Instead, he he tells the media this. You think he, you think his teammates don't don't resent that? Of course they do. Of course. So talk to us, you idiot. We are a team. We don't speak to the media about each other in that way. 
If they ask you questions, you, you can answer or don't answer. It's fine. But don't tell them, we got bad habits and for years now, and you're going to come here and fix it. He left Cleveland. You, you know, you left, man. You left. You came back. That's fine. But this is not what the people of Cleveland wanted. They don't want this kind of LeBron. But they want the LeBron to do whatever it takes to win, and he's not doing it. For what reason? I don't know. To have a nicer team? To have this ideal that he has about I mean, I mean, working know, together? Here's this idea. If, if he lays back during a game, are the other people necessarily going to step up? Because one of the things that inspires other team members Lead by is, example. Yeah, exactly. And who's better than LeBron James, not just on the Cavaliers, but in the entire league, when he wants to be? Nobody. <laughs> I love I love yeah, Debbie's comment great. over here in the chat room. She says if if it's McConnell, he would probably pass the ball to Harry Absolutely. Reed. Absolutely, and I think it's true. Oh no doubt about it. And Harry would dunk it over his head. Right. You know that's what he do. But but I mean, do do you see the the parallel there? That yeah. this idea that selfishness is evil in basketball, they're saying the same thing that selfishness, quote unquote in politics, where you're actually trying to benefit your own political career in politics, is always bad, regardless. And Ted Cruz is, you know, most of the time, there's things that I disagree with him about, but most of the time he's been on the right side of the issues, and he's been firmly and on principle on the right side of some big issues. There's conviction there. You hear it in his voice. There's no hesitation. When he speaks about stuff, there's no so, hes- no hesitation. So, so I don't mind if Ted Cruz is in it in a certain percentage for Ted Cruz, because I do think that he is, to the extent that he's in it for his own political career, he knows that that is also the way to achieve some sort of right. political gain on behalf of, of good principles. Well, think about that also when they say to Ted Cruz, it's not about Obama to Obama. Then they never accuse him of that. Then they never. I mean, these other guys. It's only him. He's a selfish guy. It's, it's all about him. He's the only guy who's doing the right thing, who's saying the right thing, which is why now with a backup, he might not be the only the, the only target. Now there's a few Ted Cruz. They're like, oh, man. And again, they if you ask Bitch McConnell or, or Boehner, if you have two, one, which one would you want to disappear, Ted Cruz or, or, or Obama? It's obvious. Oh, yeah. Plus he's a plus he's a well he's and, a and again on top of that. I, I really like that cartoon that you have. Yeah. Now is that posted at the top of your blog right now? No. The, the, where is it? It's uh I put it on Facebook. Oh, you put it on Facebook. Okay, it's so called the Washington go, Block. Yeah, go go to yeah. uh, Bosch's page on Facebook. Bosch Foster yeah. on Facebook. Yeah, yeah, check it out. It's something it was it was shared uh, pretty well today also. Thanks everyone. No, that is that is excellent because that's really what they do. The GOP is trying to block Ted Cruz and anybody like him and instead just keep for the, a lot of reasons and I think one of them is the fact that yeah he's a reproach he reminds them what they're supposed to be right and that they're not clearly and they're like I don't want people to think about that because I am supposed to be doing something that I'm not doing and I don't want to remind them my laptop was uh, objecting I've got that new operating system that Mac has put out there no. what's it called Yosemite or something maybe I think that's yeah. and there are certain quirks about it that I do not like let me just tell you that you you wanted to say something about the issue of selfishness yeah. in sports in in basketball in basketball uh, yeah. LeBron James has two rings by go by leaving his team, going to a champion, Dwayne Wade's team in Miami, already established as a champion, went there and got two more. In a you know, in a real let me collect some rings cheap kind of way. It was. I mean, 
I love competition. I love guys who get drafted and they build a team around them and they, you know, eventually win, like Jordan did. Right. Uh, Kobe as well with Lakers. But um, he went out there to collect some rings and really stack the deck against the other teams. And I didn't, I didn't care for that. So if he gets the championship in Cleveland, it means so much more than him getting in Miami. But anyway, and then he, came, he comes back, and he, this guy has two rings, and he's talking about this game, about selfishness and all that crap. Now here's, uh, they call him the Lord of the Rings, Bill Russell, the most winning player in the history of the NBA. He was also a player coach for two years with the Celtics. He was a coach and a player. It's unbelievable. Yes. What that happened today is unheard of. Anyway, so <clears throat> um, those pieces of Sports Illustrated, it's a long piece. I'm going to read it. It's like five pages long. I'm mm-hmm. joking. Um, it's, and the article is called The Ringleader. <clears throat> and uh, this one guy wrote, The finest team player ever is by nature a loner who, by his own lights, achieved such group success because of his abject selfishness. Russell's Bill Russell, the great Bill Russell, Russell's simple key to a successful team was to encourage each player to do what he did best. Remember, he says, each of us has a finite amount of energy, and things you do well don't require as much. Things you don't do well take more concentration, and if you're fatigued by that, then the things you do best are going to be affected. The selfishness of successful team play. I was very selfish, he declares. Sounds paradoxical, but a team profits if each player revels in his strength. Still, Russell points out there's a finite line, a fine line between idealistic shared greed and typical self-gratification. You must let your energy flow to the team. And that's the whole thing. This guy, Kyrie Irving, the point guard for uh, Cleveland Cavaliers, LeBron's team, uh, comes from um, uh, Duke. And Duke, the idea was bring your ego, but fold it within the, the team. You know, integrate it. Sure. Don't reject the ego the way LeBron's saying. No. LeBron's saying don't bring your ego. It's stupid. It's not true to begin with. LeBron has an ego. I mean, it's fragile, but he has one. And it's just, again, it's tragic that, you know, I, I love the game of basketball. I love it. Jordan, you know, big fan of Jordan when he was playing. And then the, the guy close to him was, was Kobe, following them. They were the best, and you knew it. They knew it. Everyone knew it. Then you get LeBron. He checks out. He just checks out. Against the Celtics, he checked out. Against the Mavericks, he checks out. It's, it, it's, it's sad. It's sad that the, the guy who is the best when he wants to be, it has some real problems. Right. It's weak in a lot of ways. And then it's only really uh, good when he's angry. You know, and that's that's also ugly. Only when he's really pissed and then he starts playing well. It's like, that's just stupid. Well, right. You know? and, the, and, and you can make some sort of parallels to the issue of politics. There are Republicans who now they have a pile of power. Yeah. They've already said, well, we're not going to exercise it with the big guns. <laughs> we're not going to actually use our power of the purse the way that we can we're not to do, threaten we're not, we're not a government shutdown or a default on the debt. We're not going to protect we're America not gonna from... Uh, so no matter what, no matter what Barack Obama <sighs> does, they're not going to impeach? I mean, this we're is not going to protect America from a frustrated yeah. dictator. Right. We will not, right. on principle. So, so there's that, and and then there's also the Republicans like this, you know, who they get all the power, and then they're not going to do anything, and then they sound so good when they're in the opposition, right? Oh, yeah. You know, they'll give some fiery speeches when they know they can't do anything about it. Or, for example, it, it seems that this little piece of you know Boehner on executive amnesty, he's talking a good game, but it's not going to mean anything. There's nothing that he's really holding over Obama's head from Obama's perspective because he's not going to deliver any immigration reform from these Republicans anyway. Mm-hmm. 
He's not. And that's the thing. I mean, this is one piece of education that needs to be done within the Republican Party is immigration. In addition to issues of abortion and gay marriage, this is part of an education campaign that we have. But, you know, here he is. He's talking tough on this issue and he can't do anything. So maybe it's easy for him to talk tough when he can't deliver. So here, here's the deal. In terms of good stuff for the next couple of years, one place that we might be able to look is to the courts. Interestingly enough, this week, Obama got an unpleasant surprise beyond the fact that he got repudiated in the election. The Supreme Court is going to hear a new challenge for Obamacare. Without there even being a split in the circuits, they have agreed to hear a new challenge to Obamacare. This is a case that threatens the subsidies. And I'm reading now from an Associated Press article that I have linked to over at my blog, don'tletitgo.com. Get all the articles there. But it says this is a case that is going to threaten the subsidies that help millions of low- and middle-income people afford their health insurance premiums. And here's the lowdown. We've talked about this case on the show before. What the law apparently says is that the subsidies are supposed to go to people who sign up on the state-run exchanges. And it just so happens that two-thirds of the exchanges are not run by the states. The states have opted out, and instead those exchanges are run by the federal government. And nonetheless, these people have been given subsidies even when they're signing up on the federally run exchange. And no matter how you slice and dice it, when the legislation says state, that does not mean federal government, right? So as I understand, it's a pretty clear case. And yet I believe it was the Fourth Circuit that upheld Obamacare despite the challenge to this issue of giving the subsidies to the states. Um, to really celebrate, who's celebrating? We're just saying this is a possible, uh, another dent, and that's the whole thing. Oh, yeah, you know, no, no, this is, this is it, yeah, we're not celebrating right now. What I, what I am in the moment just celebrating is I like to see Obama, see Obama look oh, and see that there is a serious challenge. And and here's the thing too. And there are consequences usually, for being who he is. Usually the Supreme Court, they're not going to waste their time here in a case unless some people really want to yeah. do something about it. Right. So I think that there's that. So I, I think... No, but, no, but th- these are just uh, new blows here and there, which is good. Well, you want to see him on his heels. And here's a Supreme Court that just saw the American people speak. Absolutely right. Again, emphasizing what Mark Levin had said. Seven people take seats in the Senate. They all run on the repeal of Obamacare. I think that's And it was, it was a, somewhat of an earthquake also. I mean, these people, uh, the politicians and the other ones in Washington, they, they get afraid sometimes of us. They do because they know we can make or break them, politically speaking. They know that. And then they start acting in ways that they don't want to, which is good for us. It is. And they start saying things that they don't want to, but, but that they have to in order to maintain power. Right. So that's why I think they maybe would take this a little more seriously. That's all. We'll see. I do hope that they take it more seriously. Let's go ahead and take – oh, I was just about to pick up a call here, and the person hung up. So uh, if you just hung up, maybe try to call back in, and we will take a call. Here we go. Let's try this one. Hi. Who's this? Hello. Hi. Hi. Can you hear me? I can. Hi. Who's oh, this? Oh, my goodness. It's, uh, yeah, I go by uh, Pop Art. Hi. How are Hello, you? Pop Art. Yeah, Hi. Um, wow, and uh, I, I, I used to be in radio, but I have a uh, mic flight. But anyway, I had um, a couple uh, 
questions or uh, uh, observations. I was curious what you thought of them in light of the election. Okay. Um, I, I'm hearing that uh, Scott Walker and Chris Christie are kind of like the the uh, big winners, so to speak, for 2016 from these elections because Christie was going around as head of the Governor's Association, and mm. so all these governors got elected. And, um, well, sorry, I, sorry, I, sorry. I, sorry. I Christie is taking I, credit for that. Sorry, Christie well, is taking credit for that, but go on. Yeah, no, no. I, I'm, I'm, I'm lifelong New Jersey, and so, so as much as I want to hate him or I want to, I want to like him better, and um, I know the alternatives we could be having in New Jersey. So I'm, I'm at least grateful that he's saving us from the alternatives, and it could be, be a lot worse in the state. Um, but do you think that uh, both Walker and Christie's standings are kind of? Uh, better from these elections well well scott walker for sure i mean him yeah because because he survived it he had a he had a tough battle <clears throat> it got oh, it got, yeah. it got very it got very close and near the end he was actually pissed off at uh at eater eating chris christie because chris christie was not bringing enough money to him from the uh governor oh yeah i heard that he wasn't yeah. yeah exactly and that's not a good thing and that's also it's a way of well Christie and they're, being and they're little, rivals uh, they're yeah, exactly. rivals at this they point know. because they both think In they're contenders years, for 2016 run. that's right and uh walker has made a far bigger impact in wisconsin than uh Chris oh, yeah. has made i agree in New Jersey. i agree no doubt about it and he just seems like a better guy but one thing i don't like about walker is he uh Criticized Cruz's attempt to defund the government last year about the Obamacare, and he was a little cold about the Tea Party. But still, if he's in a run, and if he, you know, the way I see it, next year, two years, may the best man win. If Walker comes out Let's there and kicks butt, awesome. Let's watch those debates. Let's watch those debates. I hope either one of them knocks out Jeb Bush, because that oh, one's a yeah, total shot. Oh. Yeah, Bush would enough, probably be my. Enough. I think Bush would be my least favorite, <sighs> and then probably Plus Chris Christie after that. Hard. But here, here's the thing with Chris Christie, he is saying this idea that we they need to govern, that it you know and Chris and, and he he's that. so good at governing with the Democrats and, he likes and to, the blah you know, blah he blah, likes to and go across the aisle, be on both aisles at the same time, but going right. And he's been pushing that yeah. since the election yes. again, right? This idea yeah, that they have to govern. Mm-hmm. And I think I think Limbaugh's got it right there, which is that they're not being elected to govern; they're being elected to stop Barack Obama. Um, there's that oh, great God, picture. Yeah, yeah. There's that there's that great picture of Chris Christie what putting his arm around Obama. Yeah. I had no power for a week after Sandy, and that was like, the most grotesque image. <laughs> um, I call I call it when uh, when. Barry met Christie uh, set on the uh, Jersey Shore. It was it was horrible. On the other hand, Christie has kept the uh, liberal Democrats in check here in New Jersey, you know, fairly effectively, even as well. As, okay, you know, so what what about what what about that whole traffic snafu? Oh, um, that's terrible. Oh I I have no idea. I I think all of I uh, I I think probably uh, there's enough guilt to go around for all for all parties there. But honestly. but 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 they're all they're all his. I mean, and, they're all people. They're all the people trouble. that he appointed. Yeah, here's the trouble though. When I compare him to the whole array of possible GOP people. He still ranks higher with me than the majority of them. There's so many of them that are just Ben Carson, Sandra Graham, Lindsey Graham. 
Where, I where took are you him from? Over, over no. I'm joking. I'm joking. Where, where are you from, Pop Art? I'm joking. <laughs> New Jersey. New Jersey. <laughs> but what about? Bias, what, I mean, what, what about Cruz? What about Cruz? Um, I I was really I've been really high on him initially. Um, I'm kind of. What has he done for us lately? Like, okay, did the whole government shutdown? Um, I'm still kind of, I, I'm still kind of keeping my fingers crossed about, about I'm him. actually, I'm, now here, here's, here's the deal. Here's the deal okay. with Cruz, right? Um, the government shutdown did not get anything quote accomplished politically. Exactly. Right? No, no, not yeah. immediately, but listen to what I think it did. I think it okay. inspired, I think it inspired the election that we just saw. Um, here's, like, yeah, that, that's, yeah. Because because people want to have because here's the, here's the thing they saw he's doing everything he can he had absolutely no power and he still and made quite a splash I mean they had it they had him yeah. go on the meet the depressed or whatever yeah. the you know he, he went yeah. into the den of lions and and they wanted yeah. to talk to him because this guy actually made a difference out there and I do think oh I still that rank him above Christie definitely right. And 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 you know he and, and here's the thing I mean he's he's actually going out there and inspiring inspiring people like you and me who actually care about what the American ideal actually stands for you oh, know yeah. The, yeah. The, the the right the right to the pursuit of happiness and I mean he embodies whether you're gonna win or lose that. you're gonna fight the fight because it's worth a fight worth having you have to fight mm-hmm. that fight against Obamacare and he was the only one doing it yeah other ones just played well, absolute oh, sorry go on. Cruz is related to my other question that I actually had. Um, now that we've had this election, do you th- who who do you think is most likely to provide reinforcements now to Cruz and I and I guess Mike Lee? Because I, I kind of consider those two to kind of be against everybody else in the GOP establishment. Do you do you see anybody who just got elected, or maybe even ones who are? Who are already in? Who now might step forward as reinforcements well, for we, Ted we, Cruz? We but, mentioned a few: Ben Sass, um, what's his name uh, again? Um, Ernst, Joni Ernst. Dan, oh, Johnny David Ernst. Yeah, yeah. Joni Ernst, David Brett, Ben Sass. They all seem like solid, uh, truly American. I, I think most of them come from the private sector. You know, most of them come from the private sector. They 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 never been politicians. Yeah, but a lot of a lot of it remains to be seen yeah, as, as well. No I mean, we're just we're I mean, just Cruz waiting to see. Cruz is a unique character, you know. And when I say Ted Cruz types, what I mean is people who would clearly maybe uh, stand with him, but they might not be able to be as articulate as him, or maybe they are. We'll see. If there's someone out there who's even better than Cruz, please, I want to hear the person. But from what I've heard with of, of Joan Yearns, she seems pretty articulate. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah. We will see. Yeah, she seems like a, a a person who wants to go and watch them make some changes, some good changes, and we'll see. Uh, she keeping fingers her. crossed because we've had some, you know, Tea Party oh, yeah. uh, turncoats oh, no before. Doubt. So. No doubt yeah. they rode the Tea Party wave 2010. They absolutely did, and they and they betrayed. Renee Elmers is the one that is like really on my my. There's also another one. I, another I would have almost now. liked yeah. to have seen uh, Clay Aiken beat her. I, that's how much I can't stand her. <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> oh my Seriously, gosh. yeah, yeah. So, the way she turned coat. So um, I'm still I'm I'm very happy with the elections, but now this. 
And now I'm kind of back on tender hooks again. Like, let's see who is the real deal. Well, let, let me let it. me ask you one question, Papa. And sure. um, anybody else yeah. who hasn't heard me talk about this before, did you watch Ted Cruz do about an hour long speech on the floor of the Senate, in which he was shredding the proposed amendment to the Constitution that the Democrats had put out there, where they were literally going to amend the First Amendment to the Constitution. They were going to obliterate the freedom of speech on the guise of, quote, regulating uh, corporate spending on politics. Do you, did you see that, actually? I, was, was that during the filibuster? And I don't, I don't believe no, so. No, no, no. I've heard about that last month. Yeah, this was the last couple of months. This was just the last couple of months. Oh, no. And no I, he, I, can't, I can't bear hearing any politician talk, but, and, and then if I can get some clips of the few that I like, then I'll listen to them on the web. I, I yeah. Yeah. No, no I, I, I Mark highly, I highly recommend I mean, it is. All right. Yeah, no, I'll, yeah, I will find it. I highly recommend it because he, I mean, here's what he does. Here's what he does. He talks about the importance of free speech. He shreds the proposed amendment and shows how it is necessary to spend money in order to speak and that money is not guiltily. It's, it's actually spent by corporations profitably and to do good on behalf of speech. You know, you've got the NAACP yeah. as a corporation. You know, so he, he talks about the various, quote, liberal corporations that spend money talking about politics and how that basically what they're doing is they would be restricting speech as such. Yeah. And it, it's truly excellent, you know, the connection between money and speech. I don't think any other politician and, and nobody, has said it as clearly. And nobody mocks the leftist organizations as, as being people because, you know, a lot of my liberal friends are like, oh, they can't stand that ruling because, oh, corporations are people. And it's like, well, you know, double standards. No, and and he says no. Corporations aren't people, but they are associations of people, and they are organizations through which people exactly. speak. Exactly. Yep. And so it, it's ridiculous to say that oh, corporate spending is bad. All corporate spending is bad. No, can't be the case. So so I do. I highly rec- recommend it, and it's one of the I think highlights in my mind that shows that this guy is different. Yeah than other politicians. He really knows what he's talking about. So I'm looking forward just to seeing whatever he does in the next few years. And like I said, I, well, I would love, I'd love to watch him go after McConnell. That's going to be funny. Oh, please, yes, yes. I mean, he already said that. I will he, say I'm more know. optimistic about 2016, but my fingers are still crossed because, like, who knows what any of them will do, you know, including yeah. McConnell now. I don't. I was hoping that they'd at least sort of. It's, it's, I'm afraid they're going to actively, actively hostily, uh, openly like fight the Tea Party conservatives before they've even been sworn in. I'm, I'm really. It's oh, like yeah. I'm getting concerned. No, they will. They will try to. They will try to put oh. them in check. Ready. This is what they do. But you know, one thing about McConnell, there was never a fear. Sorry, there was never a thing like, well, I hope he doesn't. Everyone knows. The guy has a history of nothing. He's nothing. Yeah. He's done nothing in Washington. He's just basically held the status quo, the status quo above all. That's his job, yeah. he thinks. And that's why yeah. no one will be disappointed with, with, with anything he does. But what I'm saying is I think the, lead, uh, I think the Senate and Republicans can actually change the leadership very easily. They just decide this guy sucks and he doesn't <sighs> represent me and I'm going to get him. They can do that. Will they do that? I hope so. 
But Boehner still is, you know, there in the house and, and leadership. That's, um, we'll see. I mean, these guys are non-leaders, you know, non-leaders in yeah. leadership positions. Pop Art, we are glad to have you listening to the show here, yeah. and, and thank you for calling in. And we look forward thank you so much. in yeah. yeah, we look forward in the coming months to trying to bring you over to our side towards Ted Cruz <laughs> and away from Chris Christie. We'll see if oh. it works, right? Well, you know, um, tr- yeah, no, I, 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 no, I'm, I'm, I've always liked Cruz, and we'll, we'll, yeah, we will see. But I'm trying to also keep options open and. You know, if it's Christie, then uh, I'm trying to be rah-rah uh, because, you know, we'll, well see. all our options are open. All our options are open. I, like everyone else, is looking forward to seeing the debates. The debate field in I 2016 yes. should be so much better than in 2012. Yes. yes. Excellent. Yeah. Gingrich was oh. the only one I was really psyched about in 2012, and then the rest of them, forget it. That, that's interesting to say. I don't like Gingrich, but in some of those debates, he was the best he, man he was, standing. He was excellent in some of those. He was. Debates. He, he was really like the was. best. It's yeah. like what yeah. the hell? I'm liking what he's saying. It, it was. It was incredible. But he was so disappointing in Contract with America years ago. I can't forgive him. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 All right. Well, well thank you very much. <laughs> Thanks I, very much. Thank you for calling in. Bosch is waving at me this headline that looks so tempting to it's talk right about. I, I, just, I just, just read that. Bill Maher, quote, Democrats suck. They're horrible. <laughs> this is uh, right now. Um, <laughs> you know what? I don't know. Look, when you maintain week after week, when you are rational about the greatest evil ideology on earth, as I said, you're going to end up being rational on other things. I mean, hopefully but, but I want to say why. I want to see yeah, why he but then, says they but suck. Then, but then he says, why also, do they suck? They couldn't beat this crop of Republicans. Oh, they can't beat these Republicans. But he said uh, also something about Obama and whatever. He's good and bad. And I think, but even saying that. Oh, oh, listen to this. Yeah. No, no, this is horrible. Yeah. This is this presidents? is yes. This yeah. is Mar at its worst. So don't don't let's not say anything about this thing. It's just the title that this that this news. It says, hey. it says Mar claimed the entire GOP victory was all about a continuing resentment of quote the first <sighs> black president Pathetic. end quote. No, it wasn't. What it was a it was a rebuke. Bill Maher, it was a rebuke of statism. He knows better. It was a rebuke that's, of statism. To me, that's when he BSs himself and his audience, because that's just not true. And he knows that. He knows that. That's his BS. You know, to have that kind of contempt for the other side is just, it's just, it's, it's not genuine. I mean, it really isn't. Now, we do have another call here. Why don't we go ahead and grab it? Hi, who's this? Hello. Hi. Hello, can you hear me? I sure can. Who is it? This is Roman. Roman. Thanks for calling in. How are you? Hey. Uh, So I wanted to say I I lived in New Jersey, and I'm not a fan of uh, Chris Christie, but, I mean, that state is so far left that someone like Chris Christie is probably, like, the only one who could – the only kind of Republican who could have won over there. That place is like New York City light. Sure, that's fine, but it uh, doesn't mean that he should get outside of New Jersey into bigger office, you know? Because, yeah, I don't, I don't want him as president. He's a, basically the leftist Republican. He's a liberal Republican, and he had to be in order to win in New Jersey. But that doesn't fly across country. It just, it just doesn't. You know, these moderate... I agree, uh, I wouldn't have voted for these Republicans, uh, uh, what's called, with uh, uh, Romney and Christie, they're, 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 they're basically brothers, more or less. They are. They're, they're liberal Republicans. And they talk a good game, and they but but they're not. They're crap, and that's why Christie, I think, he has to get knocked out early, because he's a, he's a bully. You know, he likes to 
and it, and it works for people. I mean, again, you know, that whole issue with the traffic where he used traffic as a political weapon. Yeah. This idea to close the of the fridge. A, I mean, the yes, bridge. Yes. Yes. I live in Southern California, okay? And the idea of a politician stealing hours of my life because of a political vendetta offends me beyond. I mean, it is I mean, he, stealing people's lives. Imagine how many hours of how many people's lives were wasted because of that closure. That's I don't disagree with that at all. I completely mm-hmm. agree. I would not vote for Christie in any national kind of election. It just, it's just a fact. Yeah. I mean, imagine what he do as president. Yeah. Nah, I, I no, I, I would not vote for him. Uh, so I voted first time ever since I got my citizenship. Felt really great. I thought my vote didn't count because I live in Kalifeinstein and. Uh, <laughs> But it turns out actually it does count. My district, uh, the Senate, uh, the state Senate seat turned Republican from Democrat. That was nice. Wow! Yeah, Congratulations. Excellent. That's awesome. That that's uh, Janet Nguyen. Uh, she went uh, to. She's going to Sacramento. Uh, but I, I actually wanted to 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 know to to ask you what you thought about uh, from. Certain uh, libertarian, more libertarian uh, circles, like for example from the Cato Institute, I hear often that uh, voting, uh, statistically, I mean, voting doesn't. My the possibility of my vote actually changing anything is uh, almost nil. So I wanted to know what you think about that. Well, well your vote coupled with other Americans' votes and its mass numbers, it will definitely change. I mean, I mean, you know, here are some things like, for example, in a na- you know national election in California, usually we're not going to have much effect because we're outnumbered by the Democrats. But your vote could nonetheless be counted into the overall percentage and contribute to the mandate that the candidate either thinks or doesn't think he has. Right. So even if the state is, you know, all the electoral votes of the state go over to the Democratic candidate. Maybe fewer votes in total are going over to the Democratic candidate. So you'd be contributing to the feeling, the sense of mandate or not that he has. And this is one thing that I was actually kind of curious of. You know, you remember on Tuesday or shortly after Tuesday on Wednesday, all those maps were being circulated about the country being covered in red. Yes. How mm-hmm. clo- how close were some of those elections, right? So I mean, it it yes, Republicans won, but it's not like they each ran in each of the you know they won each of their districts by like seventy thirty or anything like this. Probably way closer, fifty five forty five or something like that, yeah. and that's still concerning, right? Because we've still got forty five percent in these different places where people are voting for. Obamacare for totalitarian takeover of medicine and all the other policies that Obama said were on the ballot, we've still got a a hefty percentage of of voters voting for those things, right? So, I mean, I I think at least it it makes a difference. Now, obviously, the biggest impact that you can have on in these local elections, so there's, you know, local candidates. So, for example, there were local candidates where I had the opportunity to vote and You'd have the incumbent saying, 
yeah, everything monetarily is going pretty well and, you know, we're going to cut the budget more and do things to, you know, make sure we don't have deficits. And then you have a challenger who says we're going to create additional revenue streams. So it seems pretty clear that I'm going to vote for the person who doesn't say that they want to create additional revenue streams. And it, it can actually affect my life personally. But there might be things on that ballot where all I'm either doing is expressing my opinion or maybe just incrementally tiny, tiny way contributing either to the feeling of a mandate or a lack of mandate that a candidate's going to get because he doesn't quite have a huge percentage in in his favor. So that's, you know, what what effect. The, one of the things that's terrible right now, and it's interesting, Bill Whittle just put out a video on this. It's the issue of electing Senate, Senate members, you know, national Senate members directly versus electing them via our state legislatures. Right. And that, that really is something that we should nope. reverse back. Well, in 1913, we they, they did that. And, uh, 17th Amendment, is yes, that right? Yes, yeah. exactly right. And that's what one of the amendments that uh, Levin wants to, to reverse, yeah. of course. And that's great because it does keep them in check. Right. right now, they're, they act like free agents. A lot of them live in Washington. They don't, they don't have homes in their in their states anymore. And they can rope them right back in if they're out of line. If they F up, like, you know, Bitch McConnell say, you know what? We don't like the way you've been doing this. You're out of here. Yeah. Put so, in. so, Roman, if, if senators were chosen in our state legislatures versus being chosen through a popular oh, election, then our vote would matter more. Yeah. You agree? Or, or um, could matter more because you. I mean, you just said you sent a state senator, a, a Republican, to Senate. Uh, yeah, California. Uh, yeah. The thirty four thirty fourth Senate district. Uh, Janet uh, Nin went. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Uh, no, I agree with that. I mean, uh, I don't think in California it would make a difference if the if the legislature I mean if it, it wouldn't be Diane Feinstein it would be somebody like Kevin DeLeon uh, who that ghost gun guy uh, I don't think it, in California it would make a difference but yeah I, I definitely think you're right uh, I, in general elections are it's complicated there's a lot of ignorance in many areas for example you have four very red states voting for increases in minimum wage so. Right, right, yeah, and I I don't understand how you know with basic economic theory out there they can do that, but as we see, McDonald's is coping and they're going to have a whole bunch of new machines yes, <laughs> replacing right. all of those high minimum wage machines, employees, yeah. right? Um, the people are going to get what they ask for in, in effect at that place, but I don't know. Maybe Obama's going to try to unilaterally, by executive order, ban machines in McDonald's or something. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm kind of. I mean, what do you think is going to happen, Roman, in the next couple of years? Obama's going to go crazy and write new executive orders every day for the next two years, maybe from the golf course. <laughs> uh, it's hard. To, uh, it's. It's so hard to predict. Uh, so many predictions went wrong. Uh, I've, hear, I've heard so many prognostications uh, the past year about what's going to happen, and nothing happened the way anyone predicted. So it's hard to say. I think what I think is important is that I, I have a feeling, and I, I mean, it's just a feeling. It's not 
I don't really have any empirical evidence to justify it, but I think the Republicans kind of uh, got the message that they're not, uh, their jobs are not assured. They suffered some precarious uh, uh, defeats mm-hmm. recently, and I think they are going to be more tuned with what the their electorate wants this time. How much more? Hard to say. No, I and I, I really hope that's the case. And and the other thing, I mean, it's 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 so funny. The idea is, you know, what what is the difference that makes the difference? Where it makes us maybe more hopeful about this crop of Republicans. We have some Republicans now who have been influenced by Ayn Rand, and it's not that they're objectivists. You know, they have a lot of disagreement with her. But I think that these Republicans have a potential of being better than the ones in the contract with America era just because of that. And and that was a point actually that was brought up by someone on one of my social media news feeds because I was I was talking about remember contract with America and how disappointing that was. Somewhere in my house, I don't know where, probably it could be in a box in the garage. I've got that book, that book contract with America where they promise they're going to do all these things. And I remember reading that book and I remember being so hopeful and then what happened? I don't remember what happened. Nothing happened. It was so disappointing. Yeah, and they, you think, okay, well... They kept uh, Clinton in check in a lot of ways. That was good. He couldn't go off. He couldn't be himself as much as he wanted to. So there was that. You know. But they, will will this batch I do that? I mean, the leadership of this batch no, won't. No, they won't. But the but, leadership has to be, uh, honestly, has to be knocked out or just you know ignored. Mm-hmm. Ignored. Because Cruz bypassed the leadership when he did that that thing last year, they didn't like it, but they didn't protest too much. It, I mean, McConnell wasn't out publicly trashing Cruz about it, Pu- privately, whatever. He can stew all he wants. No, no, Roman. I was going to uh, ask you one question. Oh, go no, go ahead first. No, please. Well, the the question was going to be on Obamacare. So if you're on this topic, go ahead and continue, and then we can. I was going to say that uh, I think the leadership will listen a little better this time. I mean, uh, they're set in their ways. I get it. It, They probably will be for the most part. But today, for example, McConnell endorsed Rand Paul. I know you guys don't like Rand Paul, but he's a different breed from what we Rand Paul is better than McConnell. what Rand Paul is so, better than McConnell, and what I'm saying is, right. it's a bad thing. Yeah, right. It's a bad thing for Rand Paul to be endorsed by him. It's bad for him because he has a very typical cheap Republican who's endorsing him, and that's not good for Rand Paul. It makes him look bad. Maybe, it maybe, does. but the fact that McConnell did say that he supports Rand for president, it tells you that I think the leadership is a little bit more awake to what's going on. They suffered some pretty. Personal. Humiliating defeats lately. I think it's personal. They're both from Kentucky. He had his back last time when he was running. He had his back. I think it's personal. I think it's. I don't, I don't think it's ideological at all. I just don't think so. McConnell well, to me comes off and, like a and typical. And that you know what that could be part of what's going on with why McConnell's for sure going to be the majority leader. It's possible. I'll be majority leader yeah. and I'll endorse you for president. I mean, and the, very, the backroom deals, possible. we have no idea. But here's the thing. I, I don't hate Rand Paul. No. And I, I don't agree I, with him I still in a number of things. He's still better than a lot of the, I, a lot of the guys. I want to see what happens between here and the 2016 elections. I want to see him among the other field of candidates. And it, but you know, what you want to see them in, if, the, in the pit. Yeah, I, I want to see them all debate each other and, and see how it goes. But if you gave me a ballot right now, 
and it was Hillary Clinton or Rand Paul. Yeah, Rand Paul. I think I'd vote for Rand Paul. Yeah. I'd, I'd do it. Yeah. Um, and I, I don't know that I could even say that I'd go to the polls, for instance, if it was Chris Christie or Mitt Romney. I couldn't right? do it. Right? <laughs> so I couldn't do it. Or Jeb Bush. And, I, and I'm, I'd even be somewhat optimistic about certain things with Rand Paul, too. I just don't like him as much as Cruz. I don't think he, he's as good as Cruz. Neither of them is perfect. I think Cruz is, is better. But that's that's me. Um yeah, I mean, it, it's good that he's going to run, and I, I think it's going to be great to see him and Cruz debate with each other. And I, I would love to see Cruz, and then maybe if John Bolton runs as well, because Bolton's yes, thinking about running, yes. I would like to see Bolton press Rand Paul on foreign policy I and see, see where that goes. I want to see Walker and Cruz and in the end and really see where that goes. I was actually going to say, I was going to ask you, I wanted to know what you thought about uh, Scott Walker. I mean, he's you know he's made some impact there. He definitely has, and he's he's better than so He certainly knows guys. how to run a campaign. No, he definitely does. He, you know, he seems like a, a serious guy. I don't like uh, again, and it's not insignificant to me that he was cold to, to the Tea Party. He was asked about them, and he was also dismissive of uh, Cruz's battle last year. Uh, you know, defunding, trying to defund uh, Obamacare. I don't like that at all. There's no need for that, and also about certain things. But overall. He's clearly a serious, serious contender, and I want to see him. And let's face it. Let's face it. What what fires most people up are visceral things like mm-hmm. charisma, like person it looks like a fighter. And for all the bashing of Romney, uh, as I watched the debates uh, in the past election cycle, my impression was that the reason Romney lost was less his positions and more the fact that he was trying to be a nice guy. He was yeah, trying to especially at the end smile his way. Yeah. He hurt talk his way through the election. And nobody wants to follow a weakling. That's no. that's the bottom line. A lot of people respond just viscerally. They want to follow a leader. No, they do. And he's not one. Right. And uh, and Scott, Obama Scott Walker is. Scott Walker does look and sound and talks like a strong man, and I'm sorry, I, I don't mean to sound misogynistic, it's just that right. he does seem like a strong yeah. person. And right. uh, people would like to follow somebody like that. Right, right. And 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 here's the other thing that I think, too, about Cruz, right, With which is that when he got up there and did his filibuster-ish sort of thing, he sounded like a leader who was very self-possessed and was going to stand up for principle. And that's the sort of thing that we are starved for today. So, yeah, I would love to see it. And, and, and Rand Paul. Rand Paul has sounded like this at certain times. When at he certain talked, times. Yeah. He's very good. He did the thing about privacy with the drones, about right? It. Um, it was important. Or not, not just privacy, but the issue of, of drones. Could drones <clears throat> kill right. Americans on American he had soil? His, his legitimate filibuster. Um, you know, everything that he wanted to ask the president about and the president wouldn't answer. He was excellent on, on some of these points. So, you know, again, if you could see these guys I mean, go head-to-head head in flawed. debate. They're yeah. all politicians, which is a strike against them, but some are better than others. And if it's going to be, in, in the end, Rand Paul, Scott Walker, Ted Cruz, Please. It's just such a better Please. field than it and, was last time. You know, and have them kill each other and may the strongest leader win and then go take out Hillary or whoever they put up there. Okay. And that's all the point. I mean, we want to see these guys tested. I want to see Cruz in, under hardcore pressure 
and see how he is. I imagine he's going to kick butt in the debates if he even runs. I'm assuming he's going to run. Everyone does, but who knows? Who knows what happens between now and now and then? Right. right. But I think he will. I mean, I, I, I think he he thinks that he's the best guy, and that's what you got to do. You, you also got to believe that you are the guy who can who can be president. You have to believe that. Otherwise, why the, why the hell run? Romney was half-assed about it. I don't really want to be yeah. president. Who wants to elect a guy who doesn't really it's want just, to be president? Please. So, yeah. Um, there's that, too. that, too. Anything else, Roman, before we go on with a few I more stories? I thought you were going to say something about Obamacare, Amy. Oh, yeah. So, he, well, here's the question for you. Um, you said you're in California. Have you already found out how much your rates are going to go up for next year on your insurance? I uh, am going to find that out tomorrow. Okay. Okay. Yeah, because um, they went up once already, so uh, it's this year is going to go up again. Yeah. Frankly, yeah. I shudder to think because it's uh, <laughs> yeah, it's it, it's been an unpleasant ride all along. My rates went up last year, and the quality and the coverage uh, goes down. Was, yeah. uh, much worse. Much worse. Much worse. But see, so you get all that awesome like maternity care and pediatric dental that you don't need as. You know, I mean, maybe you need it if you have a, a child, but as a man, you typically don't need maternity care. But hey, you've got it; you're paying for it, whether you want it or not, right? Um, so there's that too. Oh, but good. yeah, I'm, that that's, uh, that makes me feel much better. Thanks. That's that's right. You're you're getting more for your money, but it's stuff you won't use. But hey, um, you know, honestly, no, I'll be I'll be honest with you. It, I'm, it scares me because I, I was uh, I I was born in the Soviet Union. I kind of I was young. I, I caught the very tail end of it. And uh, I remember being treated there medically. Mm-hmm. And it, it's, okay, I broke my arm and I was brought to a trauma center, which had, it was in the middle of the winter with the steps were, the steps were so bad that, I mean, you go to the trauma center to get another trauma. They were covered with ice. Right, was, right. You fall down on the steps on the way up there and break another arm, leg, whatever. There were no chairs. Instead, they brought tree stumps to sit on. My arm needed to be set because besides the – it was a little dislocated. So a guy just walked in, grabbed it, and squeezed it and set it. That that was the setting. Oh, and, my God. Uh, when I had to have blood drawn at a different on a different occasion, the way they did it um, uh, for the tourniquet, they used a uh, old broken stethoscope, and uh, what they do, they put a needle. I, I think I was I want to say I was nine at the time, yeah, and uh, they stick this needle in your arm, and they just let the blood drip through the needle into a petri dish. That was taking blood. Oh my gosh. Now, so, the only the only, I know the, only the only good thing that will happen here maybe, I mean, you know, Obamacare, I sure hope they repeal it. If they don't, we're on our way to socialized medicine. There's a company now called Theranos in Silicon Valley that is going to make it so that they can actually perform blood tests on just a few drops of blood taken from your finger. So the nightmare, the nightmare of drawing blood that you're talking about, at least that's not going to happen. But the rest of it, the tree stumps and the trauma on the way to the trauma center, that I guess that could all happen here. Yeah. No, but that I mean that's horrible for someone like you, and that was something that you know struck Ayn Rand as well, right? Because she came here from Russia, and it was at the she saw the beginning, you saw the end, she saw the beginning, 
And she was horrified when she got here that she's escaping this. And here we are in the United States in some sectors and some circles basically glorifying the principles that created Soviet Russia. And it's disgusting. Um, so I, I... It's unbelievable. I just recently read The Fountainhead. Believe it or not, I haven't read Atlas Shrugged yet. Uh, it's right there sitting. I'm I'm waiting to finish one more book before I get to it. I'm jealous. I am oh, jealous of you. Sorry. You get to read it for the first time. That's awesome. It hasn't been spoiled <laughs> for you, has it? <laughs> Believe it or not, you're not the first one who said that. Everybody says that. There is nothing like reading Ayn Rand for the first time. Especially yeah. Alice Front. I mean, especially. Definitely. Definitely. I read it in 10 days in college. And I read it, was it in nine. So much fun. Well, whatever. <laughs> I enjoyed it more because I read it in 10. I read it in five. <laughs> Anyway, don't don't rush it. Enjoy it. Yes. Take take it in. <laughs> okay. Thank you guys. Thank you. Yeah, thanks take for care. listening. Thanks for calling in and, and continue to uh to call in when you get a chance. That'd be great. Take care. Take care. Bye. Bye. So let's get to maybe a couple more of these stories. So basically I have this kind of theme and progression here. If you go to my blog at don't let it go dot com, the idea is ha ha. Obama says he's not repudiated, but he is, but the Republicans suck, and they're just like LeBron James because they don't want to be selfish. They want to be altruistic in their political strategy. Um, I've got the little thing about Boehner pretending that he's not altruistic, but it doesn't really apparently mean anything because Obama doesn't take any threat from Boehner seriously on the issue of immigration, which is where he's been kind of throwing his weight around. That's Mm -hmm. a game with the Cavaliers. It looks like they're going to win tonight. If he looks at the stats, okay, this guy had that many points. Okay, that's all. All you gotta do is look at the bottom line. What was the score? That's because that's really what matters in the end. Mm-hmm. They are here. They're being paid millions upon millions of dollars to win games. That's it. And these guys have been given millions of votes Absolutely. to stop Barack Obama. And I'm waiting yep. to see if they're going to do it. So, um, so then the question is: Are we going to get some good stuff coming from the courts? And we potentially might from the Supreme Court with respect to Obamacare. And I just loved the idea of Obama learning the news about this new Supreme Court taking up this challenge to Obamacare. I mean, the guy must the guy must have turned. I was going to say as white as a sheet, (laughs) but I mean, you know, the idea of just well, he's half white, so yeah. I mean, he could pale. Maybe he fainted or something. It'd be it'd just be nice to think about. Then there's also this NSA lawsuit that Clayman has put there, and there's a three judge panel that's going to hear the Clayman lawsuit against the NSA, and the three judge panel includes an Ayn Rand fan. So thanks to Mark Wickens for posting this on the Don't Let It Go Unheard page. This is an article from USNews.com. NSA lawsuit returns to court. Will Clayman's luck hold? And if you remember, Clayman is the one who got that Judge Leon in the district court who said that the NSA's program was almost Orwellian. It was clearly unconstitutional, almost certainly violates the Fourth Amendment, etc. Now that case is on appeal. Of course, the government's going to appeal that ruling. And it is going up to the U.S. Court of Appeals for the D.C. Circuit. The Panel's judges are all Republican appointees, David Santel and Stephen Williams, appointed by Reagan, Janice Rogers Brown, appointed by President George W. Bush, and Brown apparently is a fan of Ayn Rand, appointed by George W. Bush, so he did something good. By mistake. 
If you knew if you knew he was a fan of rent, he wouldn't have picked him like a one. Uh, Brown apparently warned about government overreach at a Federalist Society gathering. Here's a quote from her. If we can invoke no ultimate limits on the power of government, a democracy is inevitably transformed into a kleptocracy, a license to steal, a warrant for oppression, end quote. Now, I like that, this idea that, you know, we don't want our government to be a kleptocracy, License to steal. I don't like the fact that she used the term democracy in there because mm, we do not have a democracy. We have a constitutional republic. Uh, if it's truly a democracy, then there are no limits. Yeah, do we have much of a constitutional republic left well, we over? We are supposed to be. That's all point. Seventeenth Amendment. Yes. Got to reverse that, Absolutely. among other things. But so the point is, is that we may see from the D.C. Circuit a again, affirmation of what Judge Leon did in the district court level and say that the NSA's bulk metadata collection is clearly unconstitutional, which is what I believe to be the case. And what I'd be interested to see is the reasoning that they're going to use at the appellate level. So that is something that we have to look forward to in the future. But then in terms of the entrenched bureaucracy of the government under Barack Obama... Mm. I am afraid we are in for a bumpy, bumpy ride in the next couple of years. This is a story, an ominous story, in my opinion, from the Wall Street Journal, published today, November 7th. The headline is, Fed to Markets, Brace for Volatility. And it says, ahead of rate rise, Yellen and Dudley get jump on softening landing. Says Federal Reserve officials are warning investors and foreign central bankers to brace for market turbulence as the Fed prepares to raise short-term interest rates next year. In a speech to central bankers Friday in Paris, Fed Chairwoman Janet Yellen said rate increases when they materialize in advanced economies, quote, could lead to some heightened financial volatility. Do you love this right after the election? They're like, oh, so you repudiated Obama. Hmm. <laughs> right. Let's get some oh, yeah. interest rates going in there. Yeah. You know, we've been uh, trying to make everything all smooth and wonderful, but now let's see if we can get some stuff blamed on those Senate Republicans, right? FS and, up. Yeah. That's their agenda. FS up. Yeah. If you know what it means. New York Fed President William Dudley at the same conference issued a more detailed alert quote. This shift in policy will, will undoubtedly be accompanied by some degree of market turbulence. Moreover, he said, it could increase significant challenges for those emerging market economies that have been the beneficiaries of large capital inflows in recent years, end quote. Um, so, the Fed is not going to make things easy on us in the next couple of years. Neither is, apparently, the IRS. And I don't understand, I mean, I think that this particular article does not grow out of the election because it was actually published before any election results came in, and so that means all the quotes came before that. But the IRS commissioner is predicting a miserable 2015 tax filing season. Why is it? The poor guy, the IRS's budget has been reduced and, and therefore, so we're going to have to suffer the consequences. We have to suffer the consequences because how about if we don't you know, do our taxes this year? Say, so, oh, you know, the computer. My emails got yeah, destroyed. Yeah, you know, I, I like that one. We have the same program as uh, Lois Lerner. I do like that That's one. Uh, this is a quote from the IRS Commissioner John Koskinen, I guess is his name. 
quote, phone service could plummet to 53% of what it is now. And he says, all we can do is try to maximize our services as well as we can. As well as we can is still going to be miserable. You really do get what you pay for. And in, in a certain way, it's true in the sense that they are putting all sorts of new duties on the IRS. So, for example, they have to enforce the Obamacare, Obamacare provision that says that we have to have a um, you know a, an adequate insurance plan. So they have to implement that. The other thing that they have to implement, says this article in the Wall Street Journal, is called the Foreign Account Tax Compliance Act. And uh, apparently, even though the IRS has requested money to implement these things, they have gotten zero. So it says they have to take money out of enforcement and taxpayer services budgets. Where do you think they took more money out of? It looks like taxpayer services. Enforcement, I bet that's still going to be there. And... They might go after Republicans more, Republicans, Libertarians, Objectivists, whoever. Who knows what we're in for? So this could happen, right? It's not just Obama. It's all the people who he has put in power in the various levels of bureaucracy or the Fed. They may take it out on us, we who actually, you know, we we the people who repudiated Obama. So there's that to think about. Um where do we go from here? That sounds, this all sounds depressing, right? Andrew says, didn't the markets go up after the election? Yeah, I think that they yeah, did, or at least... And actually, I think they went up in anticipation of the election. When, yeah. when people started predicting that it was at least a 70% right. chance that the Republicans were going to take the Senate, I think the markets started doing yes. very well. Right. Um, nonetheless, now what's going to happen? Because the Fed is going to pull out all of the... QE and it, right, well, the Treasury too will probably pull out QE and. We worry about the payback thing, but, but you think about it though, they're always assaulting us, they're always harassing us, and if they pay politically, then they think they're justified to do it now with with good reasons. Like, okay, what was the reason before that? I mean, they have no reason. Right. It's like it's like Muslims when they kill us, right? And then when we mock them, they say, okay, now I'm I'm going to kill you because you mocked me. I say, yeah, but you killed us for no reason before. I mean. They'll just create these new rationales, like I'm I'm doing this because of this. No, you're doing it because you're because you are what you are, a piece of crap. Pop art says Baskin Ridge, New Jersey, in that area. That's a that's an area that that we know we have some friends out there. Yeah. So that's kind of cool. Very cool. I'm glad that you called in. Um, so now that we're depressed because we have basically the bureaucrats ready to make our lives miserable for the next couple of years and and pay for make us pay for repudiating Obama. John writes I'm here, sorry. John writes uh, the IRS story makes me think that refunds might be delayed. Oh, mm, no doubt about it. Yeah. No doubt about it. Yeah. That's that's a big one for them probably like, yes, yes. We can, we can use that as an excuse. So, uh, we'll just, you know, we're fresh out anyway. They'll look us up and they'll say, hmm, you are not a liberal. I think your refund's going to be delayed. You have an American flag outside your home. (laughs) I mean, the the thing that we know is that we can probably count on our members of Congress and the Senate to help us out if and when these bureaucrats try to screw us over. And one thing, I, I mean, one thing that you should, you know, say to the IRS Ted Cruz is running on the idea yes, that the IRS should be abolished. Yes. So the IRS should really watch what it's doing. No, no one else says that. That's the whole thing. That's why when Cruz goes up there, he'll challenge these guys to say things they don't want to say. Scott Walker will have to say, well, isn't that a little extreme? And he'll be weakened. 
right there alone because Americans want this crap abolished. And that's the thing. You get a guy like that. I mean, I mean, imagine imagine that it is a miserable tax filing season, that the IRS actually delays people's refunds, that people get mad, and then Ted Cruz runs yeah. on abolishing the IRS. He's just saying that anyway. And Love also it. the scandal, I mean, this is unacceptable that they can get away with this. Well, be, you know, and, and, the, and the IRS is going to be the one who comes and tells yes, you, exactly right. your information about yes. your health insurance policy on this form is not adequate. We're going We're going to confiscate money out of your account. Take money now, ask questions later, which is what the government does with civil forfeiture. Well, that's why. That's why. People are going to hate the IRS. No one speaks that language. No one says abolish the IRS. Cruz does. So see how we did that? We took this Cruz. miserable story and turned it into yes. no, it, it could happen. No, but you flip it. You fight it. And uh, Cruz also repeal Obamacare. He's the only one who consistently speaks about it. Right. Scott repeal Walker Ob- doesn't. Obamacare, abolish the IRS. Scott Walker doesn't right. speak the language. He doesn't. He's focused on, on his state, and that's fine. But when it comes to debates, uh, Cruz will make these guys say and not say things that will hurt them, which is good. Uh, Christie will try to just, you know, bully his way through there like a, a bull, in and in in you know he's running. You know it. Here's and here's one thing. And here's, say all this crap and not, not say anything fully substantive. He here's won't. here's one thing. Do you think? I mean, I think Ted Cruz should run. Yes, I, whether I whether so. or not he even thinks he's going to get a nomination or win, whatever, he should run. And one of the reasons is that he He'll can force. he can pressure these guys. He'll force to say, guys. Yeah, I'll repeal Obamacare no, too. No, but that's, right? what, that's what I'm saying. He'll make them say things and shut their trap about certain things. And people, America will watch and say, oh, oh, okay, he didn't say that. Right. You know, he said, you know, I I am calling for the to abolish the IRS. How about you know you you. Well, isn't that a little extreme? You know. You know, I'm still hoping that the whole I mean, repeal of Obamacare doesn't, isn't going to become necessary because the Supreme Court is going to take up this challenge and say, "No, sorry." Because here's the deal: again, if this challenge succeeds, Obamacare is totally screwed because two thirds of the exchanges are run by the federal government, and that means all of the subsidies that are given to people who enrolled in two-thirds of the exchanges are invalid. Those people will not be able to afford their and insurance. Will this be? It, the whole thing collapses. Uh, sometime sometime in the next it. year, they're going to okay. hear it. So it may, I mean, it, I, I, would, I would love the Republicans to do something, but they really don't have much power. No. They should go ahead and just pass a clean repeal bill just for the satisfaction of putting it on Obama's desk and making him face it. Letting us see it but also. Letting us see it, it. It might be that the Supreme Court's going to be the one well, to... See, yeah, but we can't rely on anything because no, they sold us out already. They did. So, you know, that's it. They certified this crap and the House if, did if, and the If Senate John did. Roberts comes up with some creative rewriting of this piece of crap again... Try, well, if, if he tries to redeem himself also and says, you know what, and, yeah. you know what I mean... Uh, he Not you him. in the chat room, John Roberts. The other John Roberts. The... Well, the John Roberts. He robbed us. I mean, we've been robbed. So here's here's the segment of the show in which we say, hey, at least we're not Sweden. That's right. At least we're not Sweden. This story was sent to me by Couldn't Be Writer on Twitter. He's a regular listener to the show, but I think he's not always able to listen at this late hour. Yeah. Here's the headline. Swedish politician fined for "quote unquote" hate speech against Islam. True speech. Fined, yep. made to pay money because he Tell criticized the truth about Islam. So listen to this. Sorry, sorry. Think about this all. Just if you're going to criticize Islam, you got to be condemnatory. I mean, it's it's, it's extreme, uh, you know. And therefore, all they hear is your condemnation. I mean, and that's it. They don't want to know what Islam is and what you're criticizing. They don't. Islam is good and peace. You said something else, and therefore you're going to pay for it. 
It says, and and this is from the blog called chersonandmolschke.com. I had not heard of it before, but thanks. I uh, couldn't be writer for passing this story along. It says, Sweden Democrat Party politician Michael Hess of Karlskrona, I think my... I probably mispronounced that, no, sorry, right. uh, was was sentenced today, May 8th, 2014, this is an older story, to a fine for hate speech after having connected the religion of Islam with rape. According to the judgment, the statement is not part of a, quote, factual and authoritative discussion, end quote, and, it thus, and thus it does not matter whether or not the statement is true. <laughs> I've heard this before in these cases. That doesn't matter. The indictment true. concerned a comment on Facebook that Hess wrote next to an article in Aftenbladet, which was about women who were raped in Tahrir Square in Cairo. Quote, when are you journalists going to realize that it is deeply ingrained in Islamic culture to rape and mistreat those women who do not abide by the teachings of Islam? Data is widely available showing the connection between the rapes in Sweden and number of migrants from Middle Eastern and North African countries, end quote, wrote the Social Democrat politician. Hess, who's lived in the Middle East for 11 years, argued that the comment did in fact initiate a debate and persuade journalists to examine the phenomenon more deeply. But he gets fined for this. Yeah. And I don't know how much money this is, 32,000 krona. It, it it's sounds like a lot of money. One dollar is too much. Right. Right. Oh, actually, here it is. Forty-nine hundred U.S. dollars for quote-unquote hate speech. Tell the truth. It is sanctioned. So, rape. can you imagine if Bill Maher, for saying what he has been saying about Islam on his show, was fined money? At least that's not happening here yet. At least not yet. But the way Muslims are going, the way they own politicians, it's 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 coming. It's well, I don't, I don't think that any of that's going to be passed as legislation in the next couple of years. Not and I'd love years. to see someone like Obama try to achieve that by executive order. Well, I think he would be, like to. There'd be a revolution. So we're not there yet. And we're not Sweden, so no, that's good. We're not Sweden. So however bumpy it gets in the next couple of years because of the IRS and the Fed, and they try to make our lives miserable, and Obama with his executive orders, we're probably going to see a lot of good standing on principle by Ted Cruz and other people. Always it's going to be inspiring. We may actually get some sort of a reprieve, but if not, we're at least going to be hopeful for a future reprieve. Well, he, he gives us hope uh, every time he's out there, every, every time he speaks. He's the only politician I could actually listen to. I mean, he really is. Rand Paul, it puts me to sleep. Why? Because he looks like he's about to sleep. <laughs> he, he always looks like, well, uh, his hair's all messy. Again, I'm, look, I'm looking forward to seeing them all up there on the debate. Yes. I mean, really the ones Rand I do. Rand Paul, I want to see Walker Scott and Walker. Yeah. Those three in the end, please. Because that'll be a battle. That, that'll be a battle. And it'll be one worth watching. And may the best man win. Here is. And in a, again, in a post-Obama America... Americans dying for the anti-Obama, and Hillary is Obama in pants. You know, you can't even say Obama in a skirt. She's Obama in big pants. I mean, here's really the question, right? Because, again, I would want to go and look at the statistics and the and the percentages by which these Republicans were elected in all the elections and what the turnout is. Would Hillary, or if Warren, I don't know if they're actually thinking, right, would would those two, either of those two, be able to get people excited and going to the polls the way that Obama did? No, absolutely not. 
I mean, that's well, really the question. No, plus, plus they're they're older women. Because we we they're older women, they they have no appeal. We we know we know that the American sense of life is alive and well among a substantial minority of Americans, at least yeah. enough to get a whole bunch of people excited and going to the polls in this election yes. and saying a big fat no to Obama Absolutely. and the Democrats and their policies. But what and we don't what we don't know is all those people could they be duped by a Warren or a Hillary to get all excited and get to the polls you know in 2016. What, you know what could really uh, stunt that? If the Republicans act like men, if they say and do things that will justify what we, us voting them in, mm-hmm. that will say, you know what, we voted in to stop Obama. And if they do stop him to a large extent, yeah, they're going to be rewarded for it in 2016. Because they're like, wait, these guys made a real difference here. We did, we did reject Obama as a country. We did, right. and if only if they do that, then they won't be appealing at all. Those two rats, they won't, because they don't want a continuation of Obama. What they will do is it'll continue and make it even worse than Obama. We don't want that. Right. We right. don't want that. Pop art over here in the chat room says, "I would hope that these elections have finally short-circuited Madam Pantsuit's chances." <laughs> I hope so. I would. I would I hope, hope so. so. I just she have no idea how they're going to make her semi-palate. But I didn't think that. What's his name, Mister? I show my body parts on Twitter. Um, oh. How he could keep running for office? He has no shame. He has no. Well, but she know, doesn't either. No, 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 she doesn't. She will. She will run. I mean, most likely. But uh, the one thing I like about Rand Paul, he goes after her constantly after the election. He went after her again, which is good, you know. And Cruz did uh, criticize her recently for something uh, because she is the she she's the guy on the Democrat side. <laughs> That's right. You know, she is. John Roberts, poor guy in the chat room, says, I am going to change my name. Right. No, you need not. No, here, he does. Here, you are known as, as a good she guy. He needs to change the name to uh, <laughs> Wiener Holder 2016. Oh, really, he needs to change the name to, to a rat bastard. John Roberts in the in the, in the in the Supreme Court. Uh, Abbott says, Abbott 1776 says, I wouldn't pay the fine for, for the Swedish guy. And I think that is perfect. Absolutely. You know what? If, you know what? No, if no, there was a fine, no, don't no, pay it. No, you put it in there. You wrap up the Quran and you send it to the court and say, okay, read this. Here are some sections that are very relevant to what I said. Here are some other pages. No, but I, I know they'll say it doesn't matter, but this is why I say what I say, because it's true. It doesn't matter that you say it doesn't matter if it's true. It does matter if it's true. That's why I said it. You know what you could do, right? You could take the bills the actual money bills of it, and you could put one bill as a bookmark in each of the passages <laughs> of the Quran that like are horrible. That. <laughs> and so what you would you, do is... You, you need a lot of bills, but go on. Well, and you would have yeah. a lot of bills for the 4900 yes. or whatever it is, so you could break it up however you wanted. Uh-huh. But you go in there and you use a highlighter <laughs> so that if the person opened up the You'll Quran know. in order to get the bill out, <laughs> which you would right. make sure that they had to do, right? So you would you would stick it really into the like crease, a rat trap. right? So they'd have to open the Quran in order to take the bill out, the money. And then you'd or, or you know what you could do is you could actually tape it, right? So this is this is what you could do. <laughs> That's right. So you yeah, this is how I would pay the fine. This is what I would do. So I'd have my Quran and I'd have the passages already, the ones that they need to read because they are evading the truth about yep. this religion. And so you would tape the bill right under 
the passage, <laughs> right? So you would just tape it right along there, and you would use a highlighter on the passage itself. So anybody who is retrieving <laughs> right. the fine would they, have they to read those to passages of the Quran They'll feel as they're to. picking out the money. And I mean, there's no law that says you can't deliver the <laughs> fine that way. Come that's on. That's right. Absolutely right. Right? That's hilarious. It's got to be. Yeah. I like it. Send, that, that's, send in the Quran. So yeah, I, I can think of many creative ways to, like to pay a fine. Well, you could always do this with these rats. Always put it in their face. Yeah. It's Say, good. okay, you want your fine? I got your fine right here. <laughs> that's terrible. We do have another call, and I'm going to go ahead and see who it is. Hi, who's this? Hello, you're on the air. I hear something, but I yeah, don't it's hear... it's broken connection. It's breaking up. Are you there? Yeah, too bad. I, Sorry, I can't hear you. I hear just a little bit... I hear a little bit of something, but it's really breaking up. Yeah. I'm sorry. We're going to have to go ahead and disconnect. I'm not sure why the quality of the connection was bad. Sometimes Skype is not that reliable. Let's go ahead and end on a purely positive note. It's okay. not even the we're not Sweden idea. Are you ready? Well, can I get something quick? If you can do it quick. Yes. Uh, one second. One second. Come on. Come on. Okay. The title for the next Star Wars movie is Star Wars The Midichlorians Awaken. No. Oh. Yeah. Sorry. That's the title if George Lucas was still in full control. Right. The actual title <laughs> will be uh, Star Wars The Force Awakens. Whatever that means. Okay. I'm excited. They have finished uh, principal photography, so cool. Go on. Let me give you some good news from the field of medicine. And this was shared by Kira Peikoff on Facebook. So thanks to Kira for sharing this around. It's from um, ABC, and I guess, but it's from Australia. Scientists reverse the aging process in mice. Early human trials showing, quote, promising results. Amazing. And let me see if I can see when this was published. I don't have a date on here. This is interesting. It's called The World Today. It says updated, oh, updated Tuesday. So it was published this week, uh, updated Tuesday of this week. So it's a scientist from Harvard and the University of New South Wales say they have discovered how to reverse the aging process. The research has focused on mice, but early clinical trials have also been conducted on humans. The scientists say they switched youthful genes on and older genes off using naturally occurring proteins and molecules. Professor of genetics at Harvard and UNSW, David Sinclair, led the research team. Quote, we've discovered genes that control how the body fights against aging, and these genes, if you turn them on just the right way, can have very powerful effects, even reverse aging, at least in mice so far. And it says they fed them a molecule that's called NMN, and this reversed aging completely within just a week of treatment in the muscle, and now we're looking to reverse all aspects of aging if possible. Incredible. This is beautiful. Incredible. And at the upshot towards the end, um, one, one thing he says, this guy, he's been taking resveratrol, which is the antioxidant that I think is found in grapeseed extract, right? So there's that. But then um, this NMN, obviously, is is the key. So who knows how this is going to play out. But I guess they're already doing some human trials, and that 
that was promising. What they're saying is that their goal is to allow people to live until they're 90 in a healthy way, which is going to make Ezekiel Emanuel completely upset because he thinks we should all die at 75. But I think this is wonderful news. And if the Republicans can get rid of Obamacare, we can all take advantage of therapies like this and live until 90 and beyond in a healthy way. So I think that's good news. I think it's great. Everyone, we are at the end of the show. So thanks for being here. Thanks everyone for being here, for sharing your Friday evening with us. Or those of you who listen on the podcast, of course, thank you for taking time out of your busy weeks to see us. If you want to continue the discussion, go over to my blog at don'tletitgo.com or you can also find me as uh, Amy Peacock on Twitter or on Facebook. Bosh, say goodnight. Good night, everyone. Yeah, and he's got boston.blogspot.com. Take care, everyone, and we'll talk next week. Thanks, everyone.